Welcome back to Floor 9. I am your host, Scott Elcherson. With me, as always, is my co-host, Adam Simon. Adam, what's going on? Hey, doing well, doing well. How are uh, you? I, I, you know, I'm I'm doing pretty great. I feel like it's been a while since we've had a, uh, a pure it news has. episode. Yeah, it has. Um, well, to that point, there has been a lot of news. And I think some of the biggest news that we must talk about is Facebook's rebrand to Meta. Um, which is honestly, I'm bummed that it's called Meta. I I had my <laughs> I had my money on Oasis. I was feeling very strong about Oasis. I know, you, Oasis. Did. I know um, you did. I I was betting on on Horizon. Uh, so you know we were both wrong. Yeah, Horizons was a good bet because you know that, that basically was like their first entryway into the metaverse. Um, yep. But I was really hoping for Oasis just because we know Mark Zuckerberg loves uh, Ready Player One and that writing and has given those books out to people that he works with. So I was like, I was like, man, I was really feeling strong. Meta just seems too easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I, and I think it is a very bold move to kind of co-opt the entire concept of the metaverse for one company, very which is bold. the opposite of how... Zuckerberg is talking about it. He's talking, saying all the right things about wanting the metaverse to be, you know, multiple companies and lots of people building independent, interconnected virtual worlds. Uh, But at the same time, you're trying to steal the name for that thing for your your, your company. (laughs) It's like stealing Uh, the internet. uh, It's like you call your company the World Wide Web. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I think the thing that we, before we dive into... The, all of the stuff that's happening with with the announcement. I think it is important to acknowledge that this is the timing of this. It looks a little suspicious uh, because uh, there has been, as I'm sure everyone listening knows, there has been a series of um, of scandals and and sort of I guess a, a, a lot of press around the Facebook papers and Frances Haugen and the internal documents that she surfaced. I, I think that they weren't so shocking, but it was a lot of things that we all kind of knew or suspected, but it was confirmed that, that uh, you know, all of the many ways that Facebook is bad for individuals, bad for society, bad for <laughs> lots of things um, that, that Facebook is super aware of. And this rebranding is, uh, I do believe Zuckerberg, when he says they've been working on this for more than six months, um, Facebook also had problems six months ago, so you know I don't I don't think you can say it's entirely divorced from from Facebook's reputational problems. Uh, regardless of how long they've been working on it, uh, it does give them some convenient distance to uh, where they are they're separating the the parent company from the the tarnished brand of Facebook, so that the parent company can go and invest in. Uh, in things like like met, like the metaverse and VR and AR and all all of the things we know that all of the big tech companies are working on for the next big platform shift. Do we think that's going to work in a sense that like Google yeah. <laughs> made Alphabet and people still call it Google, whereas you know Alphabet has like those moonshot projects and it's basically all those experimentations. But in general, the Google branding, I I in my opinion, has stuck. The Alphabet thing, it's easy to compare it to the Alphabet rebrand and reorganization that was honestly it was it's a little bit different situation it was similar in that it was about the founders wanting to go work on things that were not the part of the business that makes money Um, and (laughs) and, uh, the same thing is happening right now with meta mark zuckerberg clearly wants to work on the ar vr metaverse stuff and uh does not want uh to worry so much about um 
you know, the day to day uh, advertising in social networks. <laughs> um, this is more about uh, trying to save the parent company from that reputational damage that the Facebook Blue app uh, is has incurred. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the name stuck, but I don't know that it actually solves the problem. One place that I know they are, are thinking about this is in hiring and in recruiting, um, and there are just there's just going to be an entire generation of uh, of folks who don't who are you know smart, talented engineers, designers, product managers who don't want Facebook on their resume. Uh, I think for good reason, and I think that that you know maybe cha- having it be Meta instead of Facebook is uh, a little bit better because it makes it clear that you were working on the cool progressive stuff and not the stuff that's uh, destroying governments. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I, you know, I think that. Maybe that helps a little bit, but I don't think it it totally solves the problem. I don't think there is a total solve for the problem other than really doubling down and, and fixing the problems with, with Facebook's blue app. Yeah. And I mean, to, to your point, I think a lot of that ties to Mark himself. You know, a yes. lot of that reputation is tied to him and people follow him around a lot more closely than, say, the... Yes co-founders of app or of, of google so yeah and we'll I, I i mean there is also the flip side of this there are people who uh I, I this might be surprising to our listeners because i think we all are <clears throat> so deep in the news with facebook and really understand a lot of the, the negative impacts there are there are fans like super fans of zuckerberg who really love him um and who really th- it's the, the the house of zuck theory is that basically he uh is often right about a lot of things that he does uh and that he will be right about the metaverse and that facebook will uh or meta i guess will be sort of a dominating <laughs> presence in the next platform shift there are a lot of people who believe that so you know it's easy to i think look at all of the news coverage of the Facebook papers and just assume that everybody has a general negative perception of the company and Mark Zuckerberg. But I can tell you that is not true. Right. Yeah. Um, he, to your point, he's got a lot of things right. Uh, and, and there's, there's always two sides of, of a story. Um, well, with that kind of like background, I like, <laughs> like put out there, let's dive into, you know, some of like, I guess more of like the core foundations of the metaverse and why Mark Zuckerberg is basically putting a massive bet on this as like that next wave of computing, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, talk about what they actually announced, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) other than the name change, obviously. Um, Really what they did is produce like an hour or an hour and a half long concept video of the metaverse. And Uh, I think because of the name change and, again, because of the sort of background rumble of the Facebook papers, some people took that as, like, kind of a negative thing. It's also we've kind of been trained largely by Apple and the way that Apple introduces products to the world that that now most other uh, tech companies and and even companies in other industries follow Apple's template, which is no concept videos. Anything that we're showing you actually ships. Uh, I think there was a little bit of a negative reaction to that. But I do, in this case, I really do understand why they did it. If you read some of the interviews with Zuckerberg that were also released sort of around the, the announcements, he was, and I think he was right about this, that they felt like they needed to explain what the metaverse actually was to people um, because there there are, or, or at least what Facebook's vision of the metaverse would be. Um, because, and I think that's fair, because they're, they're, especially in the past six months, there are a lot of people throwing the word metaverse around in ways that don't always mean the same thing. And I think that if they're 
they're pivoting the company. They're you know going to lose ten billion dollars next year uh, investing in these tools. They, so they need to explain to investors what the hell they're doing. Um, and I think they they wanted to do that in a way that made it super clear this is what we're building towards. Even though um, I think they were a little hand wavy about around timelines for some of those things, uh, but, uh, and I think they could have been a little bit. Um, more specific about like, okay, that sounds great, but is that a is that a ten year vision? Is that a twenty year vision? Like, what are we talking about here? So, in your opinion, because we've talked about the metaverse a lot as as a team at the at the lab, we have our definition of the metaverse and how we think about it. How did this line up with Zuckerberg's concept video oh, vision? Yeah, I think th- what they described is very close to what we have been talking about for the past few years. Um, and it is very close to the Ready Player One, Matthew Ball version of the metaverse that we've been talking about. They needed to explain that to the general public, that it's not merely one thing. It's, it's a, you know, it is a persistent, immersive virtual world that you can access using virtual reality. You can also access it on two-dimensional screens. You can also access parts of it in augmented reality. It will allow for virtual presence with other people uh, and collaboration and, you know, whether you're working or playing together. Uh, all of those things are basically what they showed. Um, so they spent a lot of time talking about uh Using using the metaverse and virtual reality more broadly as a collaborative space for work, um, they had announced and launched Facebook Workrooms, which was uh, sort of a virtual meeting room in uh, the the current Oculus Quest headset. Yep. Um, we've we've tried it here at the lab. It's actually better. It sounds stupid, but it's actually <laughs> way better than than uh, you would expect. It's mm-hmm. not great for lots of things, but it does give you because it, it uses spatial audio, so it sounds like the person is speaking from the direction that you're you're looking or the direction that their avatar is from from you that actually really increases the sense of presence it actually is a tangible upgrade over a zoom call um and you know i think they'll get there with the collaboration tools there it's very early days for, for it um but i think you can imagine and and the head the technology isn't good enough the headsets aren't good enough but you can imagine that 5 years from now um, the headsets will be good enough. The rendering technology will be good enough, and it will give you a fairly decent, you know, virtual collaborative space. Uh, and that there will be a little bit of, a, of an upgrade over just you know staring at your colleagues on a Zoom call. And I think Facebook is is betting, and I think we would agree with this that uh, the future of work involves uh, probably not as much remote work as we had during the pandemic, but way more remote work than we, than we had in 2019. Uh, and that we we need better tools. And this is a step in the direction of better tools. Right. And so to that point, is that like this concept of the metaverse something that we're going to see happen maybe in the enterprise field first, before it gets to a consumer yeah. business? Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting question. This is what what um, both Facebook and then, and then Microsoft kind of piled on uh, the following week with some announcements about bringing metaverse collaborative spaces to Microsoft Teams next year. Um, they did not make any VR announcements. They were st- strictly speaking about uh, doing it using your your current uh, Teams on, on your computer. Um, but uh, you can see sort of where they're going. They're basically on a little bit of a collision course. And then just earlier this week, uh, they announced a little bit of interoperability where you will be able to use Teams inside of Facebook's 
workrooms and access workrooms content inside of Teams. So that was that's a little interesting. Um, but both Microsoft and Facebook are leaning heavily into enterprise as a, a, a strategy for adopting VR. I think this would seem a little counterintuitive uh, because uh, up until now, most VR headsets are sold uh, basically as gaming consoles. Um, gaming is by far uh, the, the most popular use case for virtual reality. And again, the metaverse is not just VR, but VR is does stand to be sort of the best way to access the metaverse, the sort of highest quality way to access it. The big question is, are they pivoting to the enterprise as a way to do this because they actually believe that that is the, the right sort of routes to market? Or is it because the, going to consumers is not working um, and is is not sort of gaining the adoption uh, that they need? Right. Uh, that I think that's specifically about VR. When we talk about other parts of the metaverse, accessing it from a 2D screen, obviously there were many times more uh, than 10 million people uh, doing things like attending concerts in Fortnite. So, uh, you know, I think the big question there is 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 more about VR and less about the metaverse itself. We have really talked about, I think, the metaverse from like this gaming lens and this consumer lens, and the idea of the metaverse being like a work tool, someplace where we do pro- productivity, wasn't for me the highest on my list of you know here's how we get entry to the to the metaverse. That said, after thinking about it and seeing how maybe Facebook is doing their things with the workrooms, how Microsoft Teams is thinking about it from an enterprise perspective. The amount of time that I spend in front of my computer and working with coworkers and collaborating, I mean, for me, that is going to be the entry point. I mean, gaming potentially, but like I probably spend 80% of my time or whatever at work, doing work on Zoom calls, you know, on emails, on Slack, like basically this, you know, web two layer of interaction where we're online and in a way this is like a as you were talking about like you know fortnite as like a proxy metaverse or a a protoverse this is kind of like the same thing and what we're leaning towards is to to your point getting like that presence getting to feel as though we're connecting deeper with our coworkers, our colleagues uh to feel like we're not necessarily alone in a silo and i think 3d environments are able to do that and that's where you know vr becomes a really big uh benefit and it's interesting because if we think about how the technology can be adopted from a consumer lens what's like the killer consumer use case for vr gaming right now and that's kind of at like a threshold of adoption we haven't seen a lot of exponential growth not to say it's not growing but it's like not exponential growth you start having like ctos of enterprise you know starting like to buy like thousands of headsets so that way like their employees can work together um that's going to start to drive interesting adoption just from like a use case standpoint for an enterprise but then people will have these things and say okay well how do I build this a, a, a consumer use case? And so that could be a, a really inter- interesting kind of uh, entry point for a large portion of the population to now have this have the hardware to experiment and test on it and use it for things outside of um, the you know enterprise focus. And it's yeah. very similar to the PC, right? If you look at that, yeah, yeah. There there are a few things that that make sense uh, when you really dig into it about uh, using VR specifically for the enterprise. One is, yes, as you just said, this is exactly how the PC went from being an enterprise thing that you only that used at work and you only you had a computer at work to be a consumer thing was when people started giving companies started giving people laptops and they took them home with them and they used them for things that were not work. There is the potential, and I think that this is what Microsoft and, and Facebook are excited about, to have the same thing happen uh, for VR. And it sounds 
weird because we associate VR so much with gaming. It sounds strange to think about you, you know, starting work at a new company and instead maybe with a laptop or maybe eventually instead of a laptop, you get a VR headset. However, uh, I think that that is when we look at today's VR headsets, which are very geared towards gaming and are not uh, not as good as uh, you know the higher quality displays we have on our laptops and our, our our PCs. We're not that far away from from a VR headset being at least as good, if not in so, in some ways better than. Uh, the laptop that your your company issues you, um, because the the display technology. If you fast forward five years, the display technology is going to be in a place where for you know around the same price, let's say five hundred dollars, maybe a thousand dollars, you have a headset that has uh, will at some point have like an eight K display in it, and will be able to make that display enormous. It can take a it can, you know it can be. 200 inches it can take you can use you know you can basically have virtual windows all over the you know your living room wall basically um so we're not there today but you can see how maybe in five years the technology will be good enough that it actually might be a decent replacement for a, a mac or a pc to your point about you know the optionality it gives you from a working perspective is great it also is something and i, I love this article that you had sent me where you know we're now in this environment or this world where when we think about doing things it has to be within walking distance or clicking a link for you know people to attend, <laughs> uh, depending on what the actual experience is. And what would be interesting is, is if we think about hybrid work and the reasons why we go into an office, you know, there is going to be a growing period. It's going to be trying to figure it out. It's like we're we're not going to want to go into an office just to sit and do emails. It's going to have to be collaborative. But then if people can't come in, if you're the only one that shows up, if like like there's going to be this time and place where it's like, man, you're going to put this effort to go in to see people, but then the people you want to see aren't there. They're distracted. They're doing something else. And it's like, okay, what's the solution for this? Well, you know, you can start to get that same presence. If you throw on a VR headset, if you go into like a zoom meeting, if you are in this virtual environment where it's just a click and you still kind of have that presence available, um, that's what we're after, right? We want to feel as though like 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 we're close and collaborating with individuals, and I think we don't have to have that happen in person. It can happen in these workrooms, in these environments, and that's where I think that you know, like that core insight for Microsoft and Facebook uh, is what they're leaning towards. Um, so we'll we'll see how how that shakes out. But then to your point, what does Apple do? Apple's a consumer <laughs> business, you know. So like they're working on AR and trying to tackle it from like 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 the consumer lens seeing facebook and microsoft's plans actually helped me make sense in my mind of what we think apple's strategy in this space is going to be the rumor is that there are multiple devices that they're working on that are, are um, headsets and glasses. Uh, mm -hmm. The AR, They clearly want to do AR glasses. Everybody wants to, to do AR glasses, <laughs> uh, glasses that look like Warby Parker frames, yeah. but can project augmented Snapchat. reality. Into your, yeah, exactly. Uh, we know every tech company is working on that. Apple, because they're so good at miniaturization uh, and they're so invested in AR, clearly, it, it, they're that is that is one of that that is one of their goals. But uh, there is a rumor that before those glasses come out, those, that's still five years away easily. Yeah. Um, but before those glasses come out, um, we are going to see uh, a, more of a traditional headset, and that from from Apple, and that mm. is a little surprising because uh, they don't seem that interested in VR. It was a little like like is this just like a weird developer kit basically to like get people you know working on on more augmented yep. reality. Um, 
because the rumor is that it's going to have two 8K displays. It's going to cost like $3,000. That sounds crazy. Like how, what, what is this thing for, <laughs> you know? Um, and the thing that made, made it make sense for me, and the rumor is this is coming out, going to be announced in 2022. So very soon. The thing that made sense, made it make sense to me is that uh, what if it's not an accessory like an Oculus Quest? What if it is actually designed to be the replacement for your Mac? That mm. starts to make a little more sense to me. Um, or, or maybe it's at first an accessory, but eventually a replacement. Right. It makes sense to me if, uh, if it is more like a $3,000 super high resolution immersive display. If you think about it more like a monitor. Right. Uh, and and they already have $6,000 displays. So <laughs> exactly. that's and not a maybe, problem. Maybe eventually the entire computer. I, I, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll have to see, you know, how, how, what the processing power is like. Um, but, uh, I think you can imagine that, that that makes sense for Apple, right? They sell however many millions of Macs every year to, to consumers, to businesses. A lot of them are used for work. If the future of work involves immersive displays strapped to our faces for any amount of time, uh, Apple will, will want to be in that business. They will want to sell those things. And I think that it, again, it will, it will be an interesting platform shift, but it might be a way for, you know, the Mac sells very well compared to how it used to sell. It's still a pretty small portion of the number of PCs sold every year. Apple would love to increase that percentage. <laughs> uh, and, and if we are in a period where in the next five years, uh, you know, CTOs and CIOs start buying uh, headsets for employees, either again, either in addition to or maybe eventually instead of laptops, um, Apple would like to sell them to them. Um, and, uh, you know, and I think, again, I think that makes that $3,000 price point. If it's in something you buy instead of a Mac, that makes it make a little more sense. Um, the thing that I really was seeing all of this uh, and seeing the fact that that Microsoft announced some some metaverse you know, collaborative tools without talking about VR specifically. I have a sneaking suspicion, and this is just my conspiracy-minded brain, but I have a sneaking suspicion that um, the reason Microsoft made those announcements clearly was to be a little, to head off Facebook a little bit to say, okay, but no one really wants to use Facebook for work. You already have Teams, and Teams is going to have this stuff too, so just stick with us. That was definitely part of the announcement. I also think the reason they didn't talk about VR uh, headsets specifically Microsoft, obviously, they make some hardware. They have their their Surface line of products. Maybe there there will be a Surface headset at some point, um, the or an Xbox headset. Like Xbox they, headset. Make they, they make Hololens. They make Hololens. Yes, uh, which again, three thousand dollar product, um, but, um, enterprise product, wink, wink. enterprise product. Um, but I would not be surprised if uh, if the Microsoft's uh, Teams version of the metaverse is something that ships on this Apple headset on day one. Because Microsoft doesn't really, is probably not going to make the hardware that is going to ultimately power these things. Apple has some great software, but they're very weak in sort of the enterprise space in terms of the enterprise tools, you know, for, uh, for collaboration. They don't really have anything that does that. Microsoft and Adobe have the tools that if you want to be serious about selling to people to do their work, you need to support Office and Adobe Creative Cloud. Uh, and I feel if Apple is going to introduce a new platform that they know is going to be used for work, they will want both of those companies on board on day one. And it would make a whole lot of sense as to why Microsoft wouldn't 
announce their version of the metaverse and then say, oh, and we're working with uh, HTC to, you know, do this with their, run this on their headsets. We'll wait to see in next summer for the other shoe to drop, but uh, I would expect that Apple would have Microsoft on stage and talk about how great Teams runs on this new headset that they're uh, presumably announcing. And that to me makes a lot of the Facebook stuff very challenging because Apple makes great hardware, Apple hardware running Microsoft Teams, which is used by hundreds of millions of people uh, in, in for workplace collaboration, it really makes it a hard sell as to why people should be using uh, Horizon Workrooms. It does run on a much cheaper headset, but uh, I think, again, in the, in the five-year sort of time span, it starts to, starts to be a little more challenging, I think. This is Facebook's biggest problem, and I have I have three things I want to hit across all of those things that you just said. One, I mean, like that is Facebook's biggest problem. They've always been a consumer-first, you know, peripheral, an app that ran on all the hardware. And so that one layer down, if you're Microsoft, if you're Apple, you know, if you're building the hardware, you have that advantage of like giving the person the product, right? And so I know that's something that Apple, or not Apple, but Facebook has always wanted to do is like, how do we get a Facebook branded product in the hands of our consumers, thus the portal uh, and and the you know Oculus Rift, right? Like they're trying to have that hardware layer get attached to those individuals so that, that way they can kind of control that, you know, customer relationship. The second thing I was going to say, just thinking about Apple, um, is that they are actually launching like an Apple business essentials plan about device management, storage, onset repairs, and all, you know, and more for like a monthly price. So it's interesting, right? There's Apple kind of maybe not broadly broadcasting it, but thinking about how they're becoming more of an enterprise solution. And the third thing I was going to say, Adam, is when you said Microsoft Teams Metaverse, that was the saddest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was like, oh man, I felt so deflated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like let, let's 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 be honest. Um, as exciting as these sort of workplace metaverse concepts are compared to staring at Zoom windows all day, uh, it's still like one of it's it's still a little sad compared to the sort of Ready Player One uh, Fortnite style metaverses that that uh, that we. Um, that will be there, um, but it's uh, there. It definitely Facebook, especially Facebook, just really came in and, and took a lot of the the cool factor out of the metaverse very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, so to that point, trying to put some cool factor back into it, you know, Unity, um, the game engine, did just acquire Weta Digital to kind of continue that vision of building really great. Um, experiences and interactions, um, 3D rendering, modeling, you know, just really becoming like this powerhouse of 3D rendering and creation for the metaverse for those like Ready Player One style uh, environments. And so there's a plus for us, you know, there's another organization out there definitely looking to be like a foundational layer in how things are created and rendered uh, in this new metaverse. So that makes me happy. Um, Unity, of course, is the... uh, other major game engine, uh, aside from Unreal, which is, uh, of course, owned by Epic Games, who makes Fortnite. Unity is the other one. Uh, they are independent, um, and uh, they just bought uh, Weta Digital, which is a one of the, the largest special effects uh, shops uh, in Hollywood. Uh, they made the special effects for all of the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, and we're always sort of a strong number two over the past 20 years or so to Industrial Light and Magic, which was uh, the the Lucasfilm special effects shop, which is, of course, now owned by Disney. Just to round out this conversation on how companies are thinking about, you know, creating content in the metaverse, 
we can't talk about the metaverse without talking about the blockchain in some way, shape, or form. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, notably, there is this company called Otoy. Just this week, they released what is called their Render Network, uh, which is doing something very similar to what Unity does. But basically, it's rendering 3D environments and graphics uh, and content on the Solana blockchain uh, to help support content creation. Uh, and so it's really interesting just to see all these different companies and kind of how they're thinking about this content and how it's being created and the different tools and kind of like technology layers that they're going to build upon uh, to make this content. Uh, so it'll be super interesting. The benefit, obviously, for the Solana uh, folks is that they can integrate NFTs into it uh, and make it more collaborative and kind of have that resource for their creators uh, to kind of have those transactions and payments and other, you know, foundational, you know, basically programs to be built into their content and into their transactions. So um, just interesting just to kind of note how, you know, people are thinking about building content um, for the metaverse. It's across all platforms from the enterprise to the blockchain um, people are building. So it's coming just in time. I mean, Adam, what, if, what do you think? When are we going to get there? It's obviously going to be, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a slow, slow build and all of a sudden, boom, it's, it's going to be here and, and we're going to be working. I mean, is this five years? Is it 10 years, 15, seven? Like who knows? I'm curious. To get, like, yeah. I mean, I look, I think, as I said, I think that the tech for the headsets is probably about five years away from getting really good and, and maybe justifying itself instead of using a headset, instead of using a traditional monitor. Um, I think the challenges are 100% the, I, selling through to enterprises. Um, I would have loved, again, the, the weird way that Facebook did this PR rollout. Um, nobody knew what they were announcing until <laughs> after they interviewed him. I, would have, I really want someone to ask Mark Zuckerberg, when will Facebook issue headsets to new employees on day one? When will everybody at Facebook have a headset that they use for work? Um, I think that will be very, that would be very telling as to what he's thinking about as, as sort of a timeline. Um, we're not there yet, obviously. Uh, and uh, I, I don't think that that's a, a 2022 or 2023 thing. Um, I, I do, five years from now, I'm, I'm more confident that maybe everybody at Facebook and Microsoft might have a headset uh, that they might use for work. I think they will still also have a laptop. So I think, you know, I think it, it will be a, a, a process. 10 years from now, maybe no laptop. There's a lot of questions. There's, there's still <laughs> questions as to like, if you don't have a laptop, well then do you just do your email in VR? Is that a good interface for that? It's not really the best. So, uh, you know, I think there, there's questions like that that come up. Again, the VR side of things is just one piece of the puzzle. I think in five-ish years, uh, the headsets will be good enough. Um, there's also just the the enterprise tools side of things and like getting companies to adopt this. In that sense, Microsoft is going to be so much further ahead because they're literally just going to shove it all into Teams, which a lot of companies are already using. Um, and even if you're not using it, Teams and Microsoft is like an easier thing to sell to your 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 executives than it is to say we need this weird Facebook platform. Um, Part of the rebrand was, again, that people don't want to use Facebook for work. Maybe they will be okay with using Meta for work. Uh, and I think that that is, that I'm a little more confident about than a lot of the other sort of reputational things. That this is a separate thing from what you use to uh, keep up with your uh, conspiracy theory-minded Aunt Kathy. <laughs> well... On that uh, Aunt Kathy <laughs> bombshell, uh, we are going to wrap this episode up. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, as always, you can find myself and Adam talking about the metaverse on Twitter in the Twitterverse. Uh, I am at T-I-P-P-I-E-R. Adam, dr drop your handle. 
I'm Adam J. Simon. Uh, and we'll be back next week or two weeks from now with another fantastic episode of Floor 9. So thanks, everyone. Talk soon.